Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode. Today we are doing a special episode of just Q&As, so we will be answering all your questions that you gave us. Yeah, thanks for sending some in. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so just jumping right in, the first question is, safe vitamins to take at... Okay, it's kind of weirdly worded. Okay, safe vitamins to take that actually wouldn't... Okay, I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm going to word this my own way. Yeah, because so, it's, it's worded a little confusing. Yeah, I think it's because for Instagram, you can only put so much in the question box and so many characters. But I think what they're asking is, what are safe vitamins to take that you can actually absorb all of the nutrients and there's not a lot of chemicals in them? So this one's kind of a, a tricky one. One, we are not medical professionals, so don't listen to anything that we say and just take it as a grain of salt. Salt. Sart. <laughs> sart. Salt. Take some sart. Um, for this one, what we kind of talked about and we would recommend is going to like some sort of holistic doctor or um, someone that specializes in other lab values to actually get lab values that tell you what you're deficient in. Mm-hmm. Um, that way you can really focus on the vitamins that your body actually needs and specify it to you. As far as chemicals, I, I've i been to a holistic doctor and she said that they add so many additives in order to keep it into a pill or whatever they do to it. Um, so it's kind of tricky to say how much you actually absorb of it. I don't know the actual science behind it, but that's what she kind of explained to me. Yeah. I mean, there's... Like Abby said, you can go to holistic doctor. I'm pretty sure you could even get those types of values from like Western medicine or Western doctors too. But there's also like lab testing kits you can do at home where you just like use their saliva. And that's a, you know, if you don't have like a PCP or you don't want to spend the money on like a doctor visit, that's a pretty good way. But usually if you want to figure out things that you're deficient in for all things, whether it's like hormones I mean not that you'd be like necessarily deficient but like hormones or vitamins and stuff like blood is king so blood work will give you blood is king blood is king so that'll give you more like accurate than like saliva and stuff but that is another option um they have like vitamin deficiency at home testing kits that I don't know if they're more affordable like I imagine if you have insurance and you do blood testing through that it'd probably be cheaper to go that route but not really too sure um yeah, what Gabby said is, you know, the amount that we actually absorb when it comes to vitamins is one, I don't know like the exact number, but Mm -hmm. she's correct, you know, in order to keep everything encapsulated in the pill, like there's a lot of stuff that by time our liver's done processing it and everything, like most of the vitamins we take just get excreted out in our urine and sometimes our feces. And, you know, a lot of times people don't take vitamins correctly either. Like we were talking about this, you know, we've got fat soluble vitamins A, D, E, and K, which they need a fat source as essentially like a carrier to get them into the cells and Mm -hmm. where they need to go. And so a lot of times, like with pills, sometimes we forget that or in a rush, we just take it with water and then it's like, well, you just made your body work hard for nothing. And then also, like when you take pills that aren't, you know, necessarily the fat soluble ones, um, they go into our stomach and we have a lot of stomach acid in there. And so if there's no barrier for that vitamin, chances of it getting pushed out into your intestines where the actual absorption of the vitamins happen is very slim. So, I mean, if you are like persistent and wanting to take vitamins and not necessarily use food to get those vitamins and minerals in, I would just recommend, you know, take the vitamin with like some type of dairy product if you can have dairy um, because dairy acts like a buffer. Like think of it Mm -hmm. as like, 
you put oil in water and like the oil floats to the top and the yeah. water stays underneath. It's kind of the same thing. Like the acid is the water. And then when you have dairy on top, it kind of stays on top of the acid for a little bit and acts as a buffer. So the vitamin can like come in and then like get pushed out into the intestines and go to where it needs to be. So, but I mean, honestly, like all you can get all the vitamins you need from food yes. and it'll be absorbed a lot better in, in food than it is pills and and so I would just recommend get it from food like figure out what you're deficient in and I mean if it's like an extreme deficiency then yeah maybe adding pills to also food that has whatever vitamins you're deficient in would be probably the best bet yeah and I think the best thing is just going to a doctor and seeing what you're actually deficient in because maybe I think we're all deficient in some sort of vitamins because just of how nutrition in our society is today we don't get a lot of nutritional foods but Maybe it's some sort of like hormonal imbalance, like Natalie said. So that's something that you can go to your doctor and then you might feel a lot better taking, regulating your hormones rather than a vitamin, multivitamin that you take, you know, which isn't going to be yeah, all that and, absorbed and efficient. Yeah. And also if like you are just taking random ass vitamins, like you may not, you may already have a high amount of like, let's say, I'm trying to think of what vitamin actually has toxicities in high amounts. I can't think off the top of my head at the moment, but like, let's just say for some reason it's vitamin K. Mm-hmm. Like vitamin K. I was like, just thinking out of my head. Really? Yeah, oh we were God. thinking the same thing. Our brains tickled each other. Maybe, maybe we did retain something yeah. in our subconscious. That's like, hey, I just finished like going through all the vitamins for like the dog yeah. nutrition course that I'm doing. Um, it's actually cool, like how similar we are to dogs, but not to cats. Cats have a really interesting digestive, like yeah, stuff, it- but. It's very interesting because even, I think it's Ryan's cousin and she works in like the vet industry, but they give dogs the same exact medicine and mm-hmm. supplements that they give to humans. It's just in different dosages because yeah, they're just interesting. puppies. But, um, so let's say you have high levels of vitamin K and then you go start taking random vitamins or multivitamins and now all of a sudden, instead of being deficient, you have toxicities, which is definitely possible remember just because things are viewed as healthy doesn't mean they can't be harmful as well it's all about dosage so your best bet is to just go talk to a doctor or like someone who can actually medically tell you what to take yeah and everything works as a symphony so a type of holistic doctor or even just your pcp or functional medicine yeah functional medicine is pretty cool yeah which for people who don't know what that is it's essentially like it's like if holistic doctors and Western doctors got together and had a baby, that would be like functional medicine. It kind of combines both of them with the main goal being to treat you as a whole and not just symptoms. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of different types of doctors out there. So I think that the medical system would be a lot more efficient if they work together. Because I think that there is, I know, what a crazy, crazy thought. Whoa. Um, because I feel like and we... Western medicine, like there's definitely a time and a place for Western medicine and as well as um, functional medicine. So like more of that holistic route. Mm-hmm. And if they worked in a symphony, we can be much better. But um, outside of the questions, how is your dog training going? It's a lot. It's yeah. um. So for people who don't know, my pit bull has a type of skin cancer and we're kind of at the point where we don't want to keep cutting off all of her tumors. We don't want to do chemo for her. Um, and so we've been kind of just monitoring it with actual more like holistic based stuff like mushrooms and things that our vet friend recommended. Um, but her tumors are like getting a little bit 
worse at the moment or they're mm-hmm. I shouldn't say they're getting worse but they're starting to show up in spots that are kind of aggravating her like on joints paw pads things like that and so in order to remove them we'd end up having to like remove a part of the leg or the ear or like the whole paw pad and I yeah, no. can't do that so we're trying to use nutrition to improve stuff so like if you follow me on social media you see that weekly I post little treats that are cancer fighting or have like cancer fighting ingredients and so I'm doing this um nutrition course it's called like once I finish it I'll be a pet coach nutritionist that'd be so cool which is so cool because dogs dogs and cats deserve to eat healthy because you know I feel like not that like kibble food is horrible but it's not great yeah it's kind of the same thing like it's I feel like kibble food is the equivalent of like fast food for us to an extent like yeah you can still get some nutrients from it although I feel like kibble food is well some are definitely a little bit better than others because like the one thing that's really scary about moving into dog nutrition is if things aren't well balanced properly it's very easy for dogs and cats to get a lot of deficiencies in vitamins and minerals and cause even more health problems so that's why I haven't like my goal is to switch Harley over to like a fully raw based diet but I'm just not in the part of my course yet where like there's a part in the course where it talks about how to do that how to get Mm -hmm. dogs on it how to build it so I'm really excited for that but it's just scary because, like, if their meals aren't well-balanced, you can cause a lot of problems for them. Um, and so that is one thing that's nice about kibble is it is well-balanced to an extent of, like, all the vitamins and minerals that they need. Um, and so, you know, in the time being until we figure out raw, we switched Harley to, like, this really good kibble brand that's, like, $120 a bag. Yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> it is. Thankfully, like, she doesn't honestly eat too, too much because she's really, like, sensitive to weight gain and stuff. Um, but it's like, it's actually cool. Cause like in the kibble, you can actually see like pieces of like the food that's in it. Oh yeah. Which is nice. And she really likes it, but, um, it's going good. I'm in the part right now. So I just finished vitamins and I'm moving into, I started minerals today and it's so much more science and chemistry than I thought it would be. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's taken me a long time. Cause like these, like the vitamin section had all the fat soluble vitamins, all the B vitamins, um, it also had like, uh, what was the last one? I don't know. I had some other one that technically is classified as a B vitamin, but it's not really. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the name of it. My brain's a little empty. Today. <laughs> but it's like each section for each vitamin goes into like the chemical composition of it. And it's like I'm back in college taking chemistry again. Yeah. But it's cool because like my brain actually understands it this time. Whereas exactly. like in college, I was like, I don't. I don't know anything. <laughs> I think it's because when we're in college, it's so high stakes, and we have a grade that kind of defines if we pass or we fail. And so I was it's, also we don't... drunk most of the time yeah. in my freshman year of college. Like that I'd, could play a role like in it. Like I'd as show well. up to class and I'd just, I'd be like hungover from the night before, and I'd be like, "What does this mean?" <laughs> I don't know how you function. I don't know, me. but I had all A's. Yeah. Except in biology, which is crazy because like now I love biology and like yeah. anatomy and all that stuff. I think it was just because like the teacher themselves, I had a hard time learning from how mm-hmm. they taught. Yeah. But yeah, so I was a, a functioning yeah. <laughs> drunk. <laughs> well, if you are looking for a doggy nutritionist or have questions, Natalie will be done soon. So Yes, and I will be start, like, once I am done, I want to start, like, helping people, like, build custom meal yeah. plans for them, of, like, how to transition their dog with their specific needs into, mm-hmm. like, raw diets or, you know, give, like, um, 
consultations of like oh your dog may be experiencing this like here's a type of good like kibble that's within mm-hmm. your price range type of stuff and like here's things to avoid here's yeah I whatever. think I think it'd be cool if you took that information and kind of created easy understandable things and maybe like ebooks and yeah stuff. that's what I want to do yeah with doggies doggies okay next question um we have two questions that that are silly <laughs> Um, one is shoddy, how you get so fly and why are you both so beautiful? You want to answer that Natalie? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. It's because, um, we're funny. (laughs) So I don't know know how to answer those questions. Those questions make me feel very awkward. Yeah. But thank you. Whoever said that. Thank you guys so much. And I'm uncomfy now. (laughs) We love you guys. So we appreciate the compliment. Uh, my mama made it. Just kidding. I got I it from my mama. So. Yeah, I got it from my parents. You yeah. know, when people love each other, that <laughs> happens, and then we came out, and ta-da! Like, got, ta-da! got some genetics. Like, I don't know. I also think it helps, you know, that, like, makeup. <laughs> and, like, You're beautiful without makeup. Coloring my hair. <laughs> no. 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 You're beautiful. Okay. Um, next question is, how do you tell a family member that's unhealthy that you want them to start living a healthier lifestyle? I think this is a really quick question because I think this is something a lot of people struggle with. And I think it's all in the delivery of the question and all in your intention. You know, someone's going to be able to understand your intention behind why you're coming to them and just the communication. So, I think it's coming at it in terms of that you love that person and that you want them to be around for different phases in your life is like the best way to go about it. I don't think that they're going to be like, oh, you're calling me fat or you're calling me this, you know? So it's it's more so like, hey, mom, dad, cousin, aunt, uncle, whoever it is, <laughs> um, I really value you in my life and I want you to be around for a long time and... I just, maybe we can do it together. Maybe this is something that can help bond us together and we can start walking together or start cooking healthier meals together. So it can be even something that brings your relationship closer together. And it's just all in your delivery and communication. Yeah. Another thing that you can do, and this is going to sound not like great advice when I say it, but just wait till I'm done explaining it. Because I don't really know like another way to say it without it. Essentially... You could kind of trick them into healthier habits mm-hmm. because a lot of times like the issue with people who don't necessarily want to change or, you know, a lot of times I feel like people are aware that they're unhealthy, but they don't want to change or they're not ready to change. And so if they're not ready, willing or able to change, sometimes that can like even if your delivery is, you know, coming from the heart and beautiful it could still potentially push them away depending on where they are mentally with it mm-hmm. because now it might be like, oh, fuck, well, other people notice I'm not healthy too. like, And so that's always, you know, a possibility. So what I mean by trick them is like, you know, if like let's say it's a friend and or even, you know, a family member too, and they're like, hey, like, do you want to go get brunch on Sunday? You'd be like, oh, well, you know, come up with another idea that maybe centers around you know, movement or be like, oh, yeah. well, why don't we like go get coffee and go for a walk in the Bosque or something like it's so nice out. Or why don't we go to like the rail yard market um, or like the farmer's market or things like that, that like still allow some form of like movement and seeing like, you know, different food types, whatever it may be. Um, 
or like Gabby said, you know, reaching out and being like, hey, like, I'm going to go walk, like, the La Luz Trail or something. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to come with me? Or I guess it'd be like, hike and die on the La Luz I know, Trail. I know. I was like, that's a little I don't know. I don't really like to I'm going to do the 18 mile or... Um, <laughs> Is it 18 miles? I've never I done it because I don't like hiking. I want to say, I don't think it's as much as 18, but it's pretty, pretty gnarly. Oh, okay, so maybe... It takes a whole day. Okay, so maybe, like, let's go walk, you know, like, hey, I'm going to go walk the Bosque, like, with my dogs, like, do you want to come? Or, like, hey, I'm going to go to the gym, like, do you want to come with? Or, like, I'm going to, like, this yoga class, like, come with, you know, like, and then what's cool about that way of approaching, at least in my opinion, is they start realizing even before they're ready that they are capable of more. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, oh, yeah, I could do it. And if you, like, kind of phrase it in a way of, you know, it's something that I want to do, but I want your company there, and it's not about your health or stuff yeah then you know once you start seeing them be a little bit more open like maybe once they start suggesting like hey why don't we go for like a bike ride or why don't we go like paddle boarding or <laughs> I don't know some stuff like that or you know why don't we go to like this cooking class that shows us how to like incorporate veggies into food so it doesn't feel like we're eating vegetables yeah. like you know stuff like that then you can kind of bring up like oh well you know I've noticed that you've started to make like some lifestyle changes in regards to like fitness and food like how is that making you feel yeah. You know, focus it on how those changes make them feel. And that can be a helpful way to, um, you know, like sometimes, not that Garrett's unhealthy, but he really doesn't eat a lot of vegetables. So, like, yeah. sometimes I'll, like, hide vegetables in food. <laughs> like, like he's your kid. I know. I'm like, let's hide these in the saucer stuff. Here comes the acne. <laughs> um, but then, like, after he's done, I'm like, did you like that? And he's like, yeah, it's actually really good. I thought, ha, had vegetables in it or something. That makes, I feel like that makes him, <laughs> not, he likes vegetables. It's just, like, if I give him the option of, like, hey, do you want broccoli with this? I'll be like, no. So then I'm like, well, well, I'm going to blend it up somehow and put it in somewhere. Like, yeah. Or put it in something. <laughs> I'm going to put it in somewhere. <laughs> You're getting this broccoli one way or another. <laughs> I don't care if it goes in or up. Like, <laughs> No, I really think that's that's a beautiful way of putting it because when it, not that. Not the broccoli. Not the broccoli enema, but um, the whole approach of tricking them, I guess. I That is a weird way. See, it's like, I don't, like, yeah, it doesn't feel like a great way to explain it, but. It's not even like tricking them, I feel. It's just doing something that you want to do and incorporates healthy habits and a lifestyle and then bringing them along the ride and seeing if they like it or seeing what they like to do that is in that realm of healthy lifestyle so but also really showing like that. them that they're capable of it yeah that's a that's a big thing that I see in like the fitness world or whatever is people who you know maybe aren't necessarily the healthiest or who struggle with their weight a lot of it is like oh well I can't do that I'm not ready yet <laughs> or one of the craziest things I always hear when I try and get like people to come to a CrossFit class with me is they're like oh I'm not in shape enough for that and I'm like you realize the best way to get in shape is to just like do it whether it's CrossFit or whatever like you can't you can't expect to get in shape if your expectation is that you have to be in shape to start getting in shape you know yeah it's I think it's very overwhelming for people Mm -hmm. and there's so many different ways that you can be healthy and work out so it's like start with what you're comfortable with if you Mm -hmm. don't like going into a gym don't go into a gym if you're not ready because you're not ready, you know, so go, maybe go for a five minute walk and any type of movement is beneficial for the body. You know, I have patients that I see and 
they're like, oh, what's a two-minute walk going to do? You know, it's like... A lot. A lot. It's it, going to stimulate your parasympathetic mm-hmm. nervous system. It's going to regulate your heart rate. It's going to release endorphins into your brain. If it's outside, you're going to yeah. get vitamin D. And it's all relative to your fitness level. So a two-minute walk may be a lot for, say, a 97-year-old patient who's been inactive for amount of time, you know? So... It's all on how deconditioned you are, and then that's relative to the amount of movement that you do. So any type of movement is good movement. It's going to provide benefits to your cardiovascular system, your mental health, mm-hmm. and don't look at it as focus on that like weight loss aspect. Just focus on the mental health aspect, and then like we say before, weight loss is a, a product that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Any other ways that you would do help that. a family member, or is that pretty much... I think that's pretty much, there's not much that you can do. I think it's all dependent on the person because Mm -hmm. it's so complex too because maybe someone may be going through some sort of depression and it's hard for that person to actually take that leap. And I think it it comes with meeting them where they are Mm -hmm. and not trying to force or um, try to make them do stuff that they are not ready for and don't want to do yet, Mm -hmm. but kind of incorporating things that they are a little bit more comfortable with because slow changes add up to big changes in the end, you know, Mm -hmm. don't focus on, Oh, I need to go to a hour CrossFit class where it's kind of scary and intimidating because there's a lot of people in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So (laughs) I still get freaked. (laughs) Don't, don't focus on that and focus on what you can do. And I promise those small changes will add up. It's mm-hmm. not all about the end goal. Just focus on that small change every single day. And if you're doing that small change and it takes you a week to get consistent with that, it takes you a week or two weeks, whatever it is. But within a year time frame and you keep making those small changes, you're going to be a lot further along than you were when you mm-hmm. first started. Yeah, you don't have to take giant steps. Small steps will still get you to the same end goal. Mm-hmm. So, And, you know, I think if something I was thinking of when you were talking is, well, a few things, but the first one is what Gabby said, meet the person where they're at, forcing them into things that they're not ready for is not going to help them. If anything, it might push them further away. So like Gabby said, you know, um, if you have someone who like doesn't exercise ever, like don't make their first thing be like a CrossFit class. <laughs> like when I try and get people CrossFit, it's like people who already exercise and stuff yeah. and who I think would like have fun or it's like a partner workout. It's not like just random people who don't work out. And I'm like, hey, come lift heavy weights with me. Um, join the cults. Yes, come drink the blood. <laughs> um, you know, like meet them where you think they are. And once again, focus it around like when you do start having that conversation of like, hey, you know, I noticed that you've been – more active and stuff really focus on how it's making them feel Um, because a lot of times when we start realizing that we're feeling better it makes it easier to continue with whatever it is that we're doing that makes those changes and then additionally like if someone if a family member or a friend comes to you and starts asking for health advice I think that opens up a whole another window of ways to then do it because at least they're showing openness openness and interest and they may not still be willing and able to change but they might be ready and the reason why I keep saying that is that's actually um a type of health like behavior change model it's called the trans theoretical model of like being ready willing and able and it's like a yeah it's like a little step process like you have to be ready to change and then be willing to change and then put into place how you can change which is the able part and so a lot of times I feel like people jump straight to able without like realizing what actually has to go into it to get to that end goal 
Yes. And so if they are coming to you and asking for help and stuff or ways or like they want an accountability buddy, then that's great. You know, they're ready to start making changes and then you can kind of, you know, um, make those decisions around, you know, like, okay, well, since you're ready, like, what do you feel you can do consistently for at least three days of this week? Mm -hmm. And I feel like, well, you know, I feel like I could do, you know, like a 10 minute walk thing. Your hair keeps keeps going into the mic and your mouth. Tastes yummy. Um, And it's like, okay, well, maybe for three days of the week, I could do like a 10 minute walk and I could try eating breakfast, you know, like small things. Because small things matter. It's it's what starts the whole will continuing to move, you know. Yeah. A lot of times if we start too much too soon, it gets too overwhelming. And we're like, well, fuck, I can't do this. Like, this is so much. You know, like there's, um, I don't know if I've talked about this on podcast before, but if you're a client of mine listening, you're probably going to be annoyed because I talk about <laughs> this so much. It's the perceived level of effort scale. Mm-hmm. And so basically on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being you have changed absolutely everything about your life to accommodate your goals. That's usually like bodybuilders, um, you know, uh, athletes who have competitions coming up, things like that. Those are usually the people who are at a 10, you know? And a lot of times, like when we start making changes, it's such a big change for us and our lifestyle that we're like, oh my God, I'm doing literally everything I can. And it's sometimes you need that person um, to be like, well, are you though? Like, and you can obviously, you know, do this in a (laughs) a little bit more of a supportive way but you know a lot of times like I said when we start making those changes or we start changing our lifestyle or behaviors or eating habits whatever it may be it may feel like we're moving mountains you know like how Gabby said a 97 year old person who's been sedentary them walking two minutes a day may be maybe to them like a 10 Mm -hmm. however like realistically and this is when outside perspective can be really helpful um you know that's maybe like a one or a two because you added something into it but you haven't really like changed everything yet you know mm-hmm. and so being realistic and being able to take a step back from what you're doing and realistically being like okay where on this perceived level of effort scale am I really because yeah. when you're honest about where you're at on that scale you can get more accurate results with whatever your goals are you know and mm-hmm. so a lot of times like I have clients that are like I'm doing so much. I'm doing everything. And it's like, you're doing a lot because these are all new things to you. And I'm not like discrediting your effort or things like that. But realistically, like we've only really changed one one habit, you know, and it may feel like a lot and that's totally true. You know, it's not that it doesn't feel like that, but realistically, like we still have so much room to grow Mm -hmm. and change. And I mean, like, I feel like maybe right now I'm like a four on the scale. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, a, and that's okay. Yeah. It's a lifelong thing. Me and Natalie have been living a healthy lifestyle for basically our straight whole, out the womb. Yeah. Straight. I was like, basically my whole lifestyle. Cause I've always been healthy and wanted to create healthy habits, but it's, you have to think of it as a lifestyle, not just a phase where you just want to lose weight, but something changing like the the subject, what using CrossFit, CrossFit, I can't even talk right now. Just, just ignore me. It's early. <laughs> yeah. Using CrossFit as an example, what I think makes CrossFit so successful is the community in it. Mm-hmm. Because whenever you have other people motivating you and having the same intentions, 
as you around you, then it makes you more motivated to be better and do better. So I think that's something that you can incorporate into that loved one that you want to change is like, hey, I I really need community and I really need someone to keep me accountable for my decisions. So like, can we start making weekly goals together and that incorporate healthier decisions and keep each other accountable? Because accountability is everything and it makes you even more successful. That's something that me and Ryan do. We have journals together and yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we have journals together and we write five things that we're grateful for. And then also like a week, (laughs) a weekly goal that we want to keep each other accountable for. So and it's something that you can do with anyone, your best friend and that person that you want to <laughs> um, you want to keep accountable and help keep you accountable. So that's another way to go about it is like making it about you rather than you're coming to them about them because yeah. a lot of people are kind of resistant whenever you're when you identify things that are wrong with think, them mm-hmm. that they think you should be changing. And no, I really love that of, you know, kind of taking that approach of I need help, so why don't you help me with it? And that's the same thing for, like, food, too, you know, is that's – I feel like that's even an even touchier subject than fitness for Mm -hmm. people who, you know, don't necessarily, like, have that lifestyle of focusing on, you know, like, nutritious foods and stuff like that is, you know, if it's a family member that you live with, it gets a little easier because then you can kind of have like a little family sit down and be like, okay, look, I want to start eating healthier, but I want our meals to still be cohesive. Like I don't want to just have a different meal than you guys because that makes it harder on me. So like what if on Sundays we buy like a little $10 um, calendar planner on Amazon, which they have really great ones for meal planning and just buy that. And on Sundays we kind of just write down what type of meals we want. So everybody has autonomy in that and it doesn't feel like you're forcing your choices and what you want to do on people. And it's like, okay, so like maybe this night we can do, you know, like tacos and this night spaghetti and whatever. And like, you may not think that that's like the healthiest foods to have Mm -hmm. or whatever, but it's better than having fast food every night. And once again, it's a small step. So once they start realizing that, oh, actually cooking food at home isn't time, isn't as time consuming as I thought, or, you know, it's Mm -hmm. actually as quick as waiting for like a DoorDash order to come to your house or stuff like that it helps kind of start changing that of like, once again, oh, I am capable of doing this. I can do this. I can cook food at home. I can Mm -hmm. meal prep. I can, you know, whatever it may be. So, and a lot of time it's more flavorful. So like those quote unquote unhealthy foods, you can make a lot more flavorful and nutritious at home than getting it out. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I realize that it's, it's all about the convenience. And of course, when we're tired, we just want that convenience, but Whenever you cook a meal at home, it's a lot more delicious and you can make it to up to your standards. And it can be really fun too. Like I always encourage clients who are like new to cooking at home and stuff, like make it a dance party. Yeah. You know, like get your partner involved or whoever's living with you or, you know, even if you just have an accountability buddy where it's like, hey, let's come over and let's make dinner together. Yeah. Turn that music up loud as shit. You know, shake if you your want, ass, yeah, shake, shake your titties. that ass, <laughs> shake them titties. And like, even if you want like you know, a glass of wine while you cook. Have a glass of wine. Like, yeah. it's not going to ruin your life. So <laughs> have a glass of wine, you know, make it fun. Like, when, anytime that I cook now, you know, and I've been meal prepping essentially every weekend since freaking like, 2019, um, is I still blast my music yeah. loud as shit <laughs> and stuff. And so, you know, or even if, like, you have a uh, setup in your house where, like, you can see the TV from the kitchen, like, put on a yeah. movie that you really enjoy. Like, it doesn't have to be this boring thing of, like, 
oh my god, I'm spending hours in the kitchen and I'm like just locked away, like slaving on food, cooking, blah, blah, blah. Like, you can make it fun. And also, yeah. you, like, meal prep is whatever works for you. It's literally just having prepared food that's readily available for you to eat. So it doesn't have to be like in its own little containers like you see on Instagram. Yeah. Like, I personally make two big meals, mm-hmm. storm in like this giant ass Tupperware I have. And then we just have, like, one of those for lunch, one for dinner, and sometimes we'll swap it, Same. so it keeps it interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and the reason why I don't personally do, like, the little containers is one, because that's a lot of money to buy all those types of containers. It takes a lot of room in the fridge. Yeah, it takes a lot of room, but then, like, my hunger changes daily. But I'm also at a point where I can eat intuitively and listen to my hunger cue. So for me, like, there's some nights where, you know, the normal portion I have just isn't enough food. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes the normal portion I have is too much food. And so that's why, like, just having a big container is nice because it still allows me to practice my intuitive eating habits. But, you know, meal prepping, it's just, like, it's just having food ready for you so you're not, like, scrambling at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck, what am I going to have for dinner? Like, I don't want to cook. I'm just going to go pick up, uh, I don't know, like, yeah. some, some fast food restaurant. <laughs> well, it, what it is is it's planned convenience because at the end of the day when you're tired and you don't want to cook, it's just that – convenience of going and going through the drive-thru and getting that meal but whenever you plan ahead and you have that food ready for you then it's that planned convenience of okay I don't even have to think about this at the end of a long day it's already ready for me Mm -hmm. and this is kind of changing the subject and just a comment but something that's really fun is cooking together and that's like my favorite date night with Ryan's like we have a, a nice date night together we cook a meal we have the music on and then we go in the back and we we eat it with like the sun sunset and oh yeah. cute. You get to like the um, what's like a romance movie? Oh, um, um, like the Notebook. I don't know. I've never seen the Notebook. So do they die at the end or is it like happy? Do they get together? Do they stay together? I feel um, like I see like a lot they, of crying scenes. They die together. It's they a, die together. They die together. Like, yeah, no, no. They're oh. really old, so it oh. tells their story, and they they meet as like. Fun little teenagers at, <laughs> at an amusement park, you know, like just the traditional little love story. And then they, they're in a nursing home at the end, but she has, I think she has dementia and he's like trying to tell their story again. So they remember. Uh-huh. And then at the end she remembers, but then they die together. <laughs> but it's beautiful. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, is there anything else that you want to add to that? I feel like that was... No, I don't think so. You explained it. Yeah. And if you guys have anything else, then do what works for you. All right. Next question is, how do you deal with parents slash family members that are unsupported? Unsupportive. I read it as parents too. Partners. (laughs) How do you deal with partners? It's early. Sorry, guys. We're we're recording this really early in the morning, so forgive. Our brains for not being awake. (laughs) Okay, let's try this again. How do you deal with partners slash family members that are unsupportive of your health choices? This is a juicy one. Um, I think it all comes down to communication and setting healthy boundaries with those people. Um, And sometimes at the end of the day, the hard truth is maybe they're not going to be in your life or you put a little bit of space between you and that person because... Something that's really important, one with partners, um, it's a little bit more tricky with family members because if you live together or um, depending on the family dynamic, but with partners specifically, it really comes down to your core values and 
how you see your life. And that's something that you need to make your own decision about is, is this person good for me? And is this person that I see my life with and how I want my life to be? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a core value that I think you guys should discuss. And I think that goes on the same level of discussing things like finances or kids or things like that. Because if you guys don't see eye to eye on those subjects, then it's essentially not going to work out. You know? Yeah. You have to. And it's okay. Like people have different values in life and people want to live the their life like they want to live their life. And that's totally fine. But I think that's a decision that you need to make to be like, okay, is this how I see my life and is the person is this person supporting my values mm-hmm. um do they and, add to my life yeah do they add to my life and that's what it is it's a partnership is a partnership you guys are your own individuals but at the same time you guys still need to have the same need to see eye to eye on those values in order for it to work in in order for you guys to be healthy healthy and happy in that relationship yeah what do you I ha- think? I have something that my brain just <laughs> well, like space. I mean, I think. Do you want me to go um, into more of the family member part? Because I have something that. Yeah, go for it. I'll yeah. try and bring that thought back to the, to my brain that I have. <laughs> and like I said, with family members, it's a little tricky, but it's the same thing. Is like you need to set those healthy boundaries and have that healthy communication with that person. Um, and if they don't respect that, then you need to set that space between you guys. Sometimes it's a little harder to cut out family members. And if you do need to cut out family members, that's totally okay. If they're not adding value and they're toxic, you know, that's, I think that's totally okay. And you need to take care of yourself and respect your space and respect yourself as a human. So you can be healthy. Yeah. I mean, you don't always, I mean, the tough truth of it is, you know, you don't get to choose the family that you're born into but you get to choose the family that you spend life with mm-hmm. so if your family that you're born into you know is constantly bringing you down or making you feel uncomfortable or making comments about how you know like I can't tell you how many clients I have whose families like are constantly making comments about like their bodies and how mm-hmm. they need to lose weight and stuff like that and I'm like if you have people in your life whether it's family friends whatever that make you feel bad about yourself just cut them out. And I know that's hard and it's scary because, you know, it could make family dynamic difficult, you know, with holidays or whatever, if they live in town, things like that. But at the end of the day, like this is your life and you get to choose who's in it and you get to choose why they're in it. And so like Gabby said, you know, just kind of setting those boundaries. And I mean, you don't necessarily have to like cut them out completely. You could start setting boundaries and a lot of it does come down to communication. And that's, you know, a hard thing to (laughs) communicate with people how you feel. And so, you know, if you do have a family member, that, you know, makes you um, uncomfortable or doesn't support you or whatever it may be, you know. What I always like to do if it's a pretty, like, difficult conversation is I personally, because I'm that type of person, whenever I have to do confrontation, I cry, which is really annoying and gross. Um, It's not. It's okay to cry. I mean, it is, but I just don't like it because then I feel like people just think I'm sad and they don't actually understand that I'm, like, upset in a more like angry hurt way I mean it makes me sad too but I'm working on that but it's okay to cry no I know it's okay to cry but I don't like crying when I confront people because Mm -hmm. I feel like it takes away from what I'm trying to tell them and I feel like I don't always get the response I want because people just see me crying Mm -hmm. and it's like I want to be able to confront people while being able to control my emotions Mm -hmm. to an extent 
Like, I'm not shaming crying. Like, crying's fine. Yeah. I don't know why, but, like, the past few years, like, my my emotional availability has skyrocketed, and I cry so much now, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? That's but, good, though. It's because before then, I feel like you weren't really addressing your feelings, and you were, like, keeping... You weren't allowing... Whenever you, like, deprive yourself from feeling those things, like, it, it kind of... It's like if you came to me and you were crying and then I didn't acknowledge you, you're doing the same thing to yourself, you know? So now you're now you're opening up those those channels and you're allowing yourself to feel like you feel. So I'm I proud hate of when you, you're right? Um, <laughs> but so like what I like to do is I will like type out personally beforehand kind of what I'm feeling and thinking. Mm-hmm. So because also like before I started getting a check on my emotions, I was a little firecracker and would like respond to people based off of how I was feeling and didn't really give Mm -hmm. myself time to actually work through why I was feeling what I was feeling yeah and do it in a way that like I was I was a really bad communicator back in my youth of (laughs) when it comes to like feelings I'd either like explode Mm -hmm. or like Abby said I would just kind of like swallow it up and just ignore it um but so like I personally will type out you know how I'm feeling and kind of just work through it and just make sure that I'm saying what I want because it's actually true and not just because, like, my emotions are there. Yeah, you're speaking out of emotion. Yeah. I think that's a really healthy way to do it. And then, you know, unfortunately, as hard as it is, just do it, you know? And even, I mean, you could also do it where, like, if you are working on that and it's really hard for you to confront people, too. I mean, you could always just send that email, too, and then mm-hmm. just, like, give them a heads up. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've definitely sent emails to people or, like, yeah. texts. You know, I... I mean, I don't recommend doing text, but I think that's better than not saying anything. And so, you know, really just take some time to really figure out why whatever this person in your life is doing is why it's hurting you. And, you know, you could always offer, you know, suggestions of how to make it better. Be like, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, I don't really like how you are constantly like, let's say you're going to a bodybuilding show and, you know, your lifestyle changes completely. You can't really, like, go to family dinners or, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to bring your own food and stuff. And you might have, like, a family member that's, like, making comments about it and making you feel bad and not making you feel included in the event just because you're eating something different. So you could always tell them, kind of approach it like, hey, you know, I really don't like the comments that you make. I know that you may – or actually, I don't think you should, like, assume how other people feel when you talk to them because Mm -hmm. then it can trigger, like, a defensive response on them. So – Maybe do it around the lines of, like, focusing on just how they're making you feel. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily an attack on them and, the, like, their personality traits and stuff, but it's just, like, how you're interpreting what they're saying. And I feel like that can usually make it a better conversation instead of, like, well, you're doing this and you're doing that. It's making me, like, you know, really focus it mm-hmm. on using words like I feel, you know, stuff like that. And so you could be, you know, like, hey, so-and-so. You know, the comments that you make whenever I come over bringing my own food, you know, it makes me feel isolated and it makes this process that's already hard even harder. Like, I know Mm -hmm. you may not um, understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, sometimes I don't even understand why I'm doing Mm -hmm. what I'm doing, but it's something that I want to see through to the end and it's something that's important to me. So I would appreciate it if, you know, when I come over to family dinner or holidays or stuff like that, I have my own separate meal. Like, please don't make me feel already more isolated than I already feel. Mm -hmm. And, you know offer a solution as well I feel like sometimes we just like problem dump on people that are aggravating us and we don't have any like solution Solution. and so it's kind of like this frustrating thing on both ends and so you know maybe after saying that you know give them you know a chance to respond see what they have to say and then 
just be like, if you don't have anything in mind of how to fix that, just tell them, be like, so how can we make this, you know, a better environment for both of us, you know, Mm -hmm. because I don't, I like, I still want you, if you do want them in your life, you know, if you don't, Mm -hmm. like if you made the conclusion that you don't want them in your life, then just cut them out and, you know, I mean, if you want to explain to them why you can, it's once again, this is your life and it's about what adds value to your life. Mm-hmm. But if it is someone where you do want them in your life and you just kind of feel like maybe they're just not understanding is, you know, sit down and come up with a solution of how to make the environment better for you and that person. You know, a lot of times when we do start making changes to how we live, how we eat, how we exercise, stuff like that, um, people who are really close to us that don't necessarily share those same values they don't understand why all of a sudden you're doing this and if you don't necessarily offer an explanation they're not going to understand at all yeah and so you know maybe explaining like why it's important to you or whatever and stuff and once again really focusing it around how you feel and how it's making you feel and why these things are important to you can help highlight to the person who's not being supportive once again like why and give them a chance to understand why you're doing it and then kind of working on it from there Mm -hmm. and if they continue to not support you after you've you know talked about it then maybe you need to start considering cutting them out of your life completely or limiting you know interactions or like if it is a family event you know and you can't necessarily not have them come Mm -hmm. like just make your own boundaries like you know I'm not going to interact with this person I'm not going to engage with them like I'll be civil so that it keeps family dynamic you know happy and doesn't like wrap everybody else into it but I'm not gonna let them affect how I feel and that's another thing too is if you make the effort to have people see why you're doing things and try and understand and they don't then at the end of the day you kind of have to come to the conclusion that you control how they make you feel you can't control like you made the effort to try and help them to understand, to try and, you know, voice how they're making you feel. And if they're not willing to change, then you can't control that. But you can mm-hmm. control how you let them make you feel and you can control how you respond to it. So maybe even just focusing more on yourself and kind of just being like, you know what, they don't understand. That's why they're mm-hmm. making these comments. And that's, you know, it may not be okay, but I can't control it. But I'm not going to let it bring me down. I'm not going to let it yeah. make me more upset. And, you know, kind of what Gabby said with partners it's mainly all just communication. You know, I definitely think if you are in like a serious relationship, you know, maybe talking to your partner before and not necessarily Mm -hmm. like get their approval, but like just letting them know like, Hey, heads up, by the way, I'm thinking about doing this. This is why, once again, explain why these things are important to you and express why you need their support instead of like, I need you to do this. Just be like during this process, you know, it's going to be hard. There's going to be times where I want to resort back to old eating habits or old behavioral habits. And I'd really appreciate it if you, helped me see through this goal by, you know, making sure that when I do want to get, you know, fast food that you kind of encourage me to, you know, no, eat the Mm -hmm. food that we have at home or whatever, you know, and once again, having a solution prepared of how you need their support can be more Mm -hmm. helpful than just being like, well, I'm doing this, so I need you to like be on board essentially and just blah, blah, blah. Like, so just making sure I feel like the best way to deal with it is just being as open with your communication as you can, but focusing it really on why it's important to you and what you need so that that person doesn't feel attacked. And, you know, sometimes like with partners, if you make a big, you know, life decision like doing bodybuilding, which, you know, essentially isolates you from the world for X amount of time, like that is a kind of big decision that once again, they should be included on, not necessarily 
a decision maker on it because it's your life but including them may be all the difference of how they respond to it because at least you're letting them into this part of your world and you're showing them like you know when you want to change your body it's a very vulnerable time and so I feel like you know, if my partner was like, oh, I'm going to do this, and they didn't tell me, and they just kind of started to be like, well, why didn't you feel comfortable? Why didn't you feel comfortable enough to come to me to express that you wanted to do this, you know? Yeah, what and, it takes. And now they're kind of hurt going into that, and they may, like, lash out in that aspect of, like, yeah. their feelings are hurt, and, you know, they weren't involved in your decision-making and stuff, though. So. Yeah, um, I think it's it's all in that communication because – if it's with your partner, like Natalie said, and it's something that's so extreme as bodybuilding, that takes a lot of support. sacrifice. Yeah, support and sacrifice because, one, you're going to not be able to maybe go out on as many date nights or they're gonna, they're just going to look different. So I think having that open and clear communication of, okay, this is what I want to do and this is the picture that it's going to look like. So maybe our date nights are going to look a little bit different and we're going to have to cook our meals at home and maybe we can take it out to um, view and eat it together there, you know? So it's like having that set communication and that clear picture that way you guys are on the same page and you're not just doing stuff without communicating with that person. And then same thing with what I really liked is writing down a note or a letter before you come to that person because I think we get lost in emotion whenever it is quote-unquote confrontational and it doesn't always it doesn't have to be confrontational I know that communication is really hard for people because (laughs) Natalie's smiling right now but it's me I'm people (laughs) no it's hard for everybody everybody is not a perfect communicator and it's really hard to have those hard conversations but I think what makes it a little bit easier as one if you send a text it's a little bit difficult because then that person isn't getting your tone they're not getting facial expressions they're not getting that type of perception from what you're saying so it's like it's all in their perception of how they're reading that message rather than they may not perceive it the way that you're intending so maybe if you do send a text say like this is how I'm feeling and I wanted to be able to get this all in writing before we talked in person so you could understand how I'm feeling, you know, because I feel like whenever, yeah, whenever you're in person, it's really easy to speak out of emotion and then also put blame on other people rather than to, like Natalie said, let them know how you're feeling inside and how they're making you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think if you do send a text, definitely be like, can we talk about this in person? I just wanted to get this all in writing. So I made sure that I got out everything that I wanted to say. And then you guys can get the the facial expressions and how you really feel oh, through in person. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. And that also gives them time to kind of process. process it and come to that conversation. You know, because once again, whenever we feel as people that were being attacked mm-hmm. verbally, you know, our response is to be defensive. Yeah. And so by having some time to kind of process it and understand and, you know, hopefully do some self-reflection of like, am I really making this person feel this way? Uh You guys can have a better, more productive conversation than just kind of going in circles of like putting blame of like, well, you're doing this, which makes me feel this way. Remember, like it's, it's gonna, it's it's a hard thing to change that type of conversation or that Mm -hmm. type of tactic with conversation, but really focusing once again on how you feel about it instead of essentially putting that like blame on the person I mean even if it is 
like they are doing something wrong or whatever, you know, still, if you want it to be a productive conversation, just changing the wording instead of like, well, you're doing this to, this is how it's making you feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like that. And that's a skill in itself because a lot of people, when they're having a conversation with another person, they're kind of thinking about what they're going to say rather than truly trying to understand what the other person is saying to them. You know, it's always that defense mechanism of, okay, this is what they're making me feel instead of sitting back and be like, you know what, maybe I am making this person feel okay. And I think that's a skill in itself is whenever you're having a conversation with someone, really try to understand where they're coming from and be intentional in that conversation rather than trying to think about what you're going to respond with because that's something that creates unhealthy communication. At the end of the day, it's really hard. It's hard with partners, it's hard with family members, and at the end of the day, if they're not supportive of the communication and they don't have healthy communication with you, then that's a a choice whether to create space or one, cut them out. Like we talked about in our last episode with um, Shelby, how when you start changing lifestyle behaviors and stuff it Mm -hmm. kind of really allows an opportunity to see who genuinely wants to see you better yourself and who Mm -hmm. really only keeps you around because they like who you are you know maybe when you're drunk or when you're partying or things like that and so you know it's I feel like a lot of times we always want to be like oh well we'll just you know we want to keep these people in our life or whatever because it's hard to let them go because, you know, maybe they're comfort and, you know, we've had them in our life for X amount of time and they've been through all this stuff and we use these justification tactics of keeping them in. But honestly, there's times when we outgrow people and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, you don't have to feel like a bad person for cutting people out of your life because once again, this is your life and it's all about what adds value to your life so that you have the best life that you can. And so if these people, you know, are constantly bringing you down or mm-hmm. making comments of like, oh, I liked you so much better when you drank or whatever. Yeah. Then you don't, you don't really need them in your life. But once yeah. again, that's, you, you know, your decision to make. So it's just kind of being open with yourself about what you want, being open with other people about what you want, and then just seeing kind of where it goes from there so that you can make, you know, a, a well educated decision on whether or not this person should be in your life because like yeah. Abby said sometimes we we act out of emotions and it can like maybe we didn't necessarily want that person out of our life but they said something that upset us so now we said some things that we can't take back yeah and now you know they're no longer in our life when honestly it was just like miscommunication of what you expected from them so mm-hmm. yeah just you know I like that I don't know how it's worded completely but like there's this like communication rule where you know if something upsets you sleep on it and Mm -hmm. if in the next day if it doesn't bother you anymore then it's not worth your attention if it's still bothering you then it's worth your attention so you know take some time to respond to yourself before responding to other people and yeah make sure you understand how you're feeling because at the end of the day sometimes It gets a little blurry in our mind of like what is truly making us upset Mm -hmm. and we need to truly understand why we're upset in order to have that clear communication because like Natalie said, sometimes we can say things that can't be taken back and it just gets lost in emotion. So make sure that you understand why you're upset and exactly what you want to say before you open up that conversation. That way it can be productive and not just each other screaming at what you don't like about each other or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, and maybe like if it is something like a conversation you want to have with this person and you're doing it face to face with no like pretext about it, 
make sure that before you start just be like hey I want to you know express some ways that I've been feeling so that once again they're not feeling attacked and going into defense mode right away and then they're not listening to what you're saying but they're more thinking of ways to justify their behavior so Mm -hmm. you know it's all it's a skill communication is a skill regulating emotions a skill yeah and make sure something that's really um useful is what is it called where you do like a positive negative positive you like sandwich it you like sandwich it what? <laughs> it's like a a positive negative positive sandwich. So you can what I mean by this, I we we use it in school whenever we're giving evaluations for teachers. Like you want to let them know what they're doing well, and then you don't want to just attack attack yeah. them, you know. So like, yeah. start the conversation off with maybe like I really value you as a person, and this is why I want to have this conversation with you because I want to ensure that we maintain this healthy relationship, and then be like, this is how you're making me feel. But then I want to come up with a solution so we can fix this. So something that's positive, the center is kind of how you, that quote unquote negative emotion that they're making you feel and then end it on a positive note because you don't want to just come at them and be like, you're making me feel mad. Because you know? <laughs> it's just, it's not productive. No, it's not. That's really good. I forgot about that. I know what you're yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. I've never heard it be called a sandwich, but I like that. Ooh. Yeah. Little combo, Sammy. Yeah, it's always little combo, Sammy, because then it's it's perceived in a better way. I don't like nobody likes whenever a conversation starts out in a sad or negative tone, and it's kind of more of a or no one likes when their characteristic traits are attacked either. <laughs> nobody. Likes We're very it. defensive people by nature. Yeah, so it's you know it's it's a skill. Mm-hmm. It's something that you have to learn. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. Nobody's a perfect communicator, and that's. That's something that you have to realize unless you're a narcissist and you think you are, so. (laughs) You're a gaslighter. Yeah, exactly. Um, Um, But, okay, so the next question we have is where do we see ourselves in five years? Yeah. Dead. Just kidding. (laughs) Ma'am, don't say that. Um, Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I can go first. Okay. Um, When they ask this, they mean, like, us as an individual or us as a podcast or both? We can do both. Okay. So individually, in my dream world, where I would like to be in five years is primarily, (laughs) okay, so if I could, what I would love to do is like open an animal rescue and just rescue all the animals that are on like the kill list at shelters Mm -hmm. that people can't take in. Like, it's so frustrating. Unfortunately, in my neighborhood, there's a lot of stray dogs. Like, I saw this beautiful black and white Great Dane stray yesterday, and I tried to get it, and it just kept running for me, and those fuckers run fast. So yeah, I was like, they're like horses. Yeah, I was like, okay. And, but I'm pretty sure I've seen that Great Dane in my neighborhood before, like, oh. with their owner. So I really wanted to get him back because I was like, I've seen this dog. But there's a lot of stray dogs in our neighborhood, and a few months ago, I had caught this super cute, like, Honestly, like it looked like a corgi Pomeranian chow chow mix. It was like a big corgi and it was so fluffy. Um, but I caught it and she was such a sweet, well, I think she was a girl. I don't know. She was really matted. So it was like, like you could tell like she was kind of neglected. Like she was overweight. She wasn't groomed well. She was really stinky. No, um, poor baby. But like I found her and she just like ran up to me and gave me so much love. And I was like, oh, this sweet little girl. And so I was like driving around the neighborhood trying to find you know, see if there's anybody looking like they lost a dog, didn't see anything. So then it was the weekend. It was like a Saturday, I think around like 11. And so I took her to um, the only like vet that was open to see if she was chipped, which I think was like um, 
I don't remember, but took her to a vet to see if she was chipped. She wasn't chipped, so I asked him, I was like, well, do I just, like, leave her here with you? Mm-hmm. Do I, you know, what do I do? And at this time, Harley had just, Harley was still in recovery um, from her ACL surgery. She tore her ACL, and we had to do, like, this very invasive um, surgery to fix her ACL, and she was still in recovery. And then at the time, we still had our German Shepherd, Wiley, who was an older dog having a lot of health issues. And so I wasn't comfortable bringing this dog into our home where she could potentially, you know, injure Harley more, injure Wiley. Like, we didn't know if she had her shots. Like, Mm -hmm. I just, I wasn't open to bringing her into my home at that moment, um, mainly just because of the circumstances. And so I'd ask, like, the vet, I was like, well, where do, what do I do with this dog? Because <laughs> i like, oh, no, we don't lower dogs. We don't take them. You have to take them to, like, a shelter or something. And so they gave me some numbers of shelters to call. And one of the shelters was closed because it was the weekend. I was like, this is so stupid. Like, do you just think dogs don't get lost on the weekend? Like, what are we supposed to do with them? And then the other one, like, was Watermelon Ranch, and I couldn't get through to an actual operator. And then there was this other shelter I think it was, like, the Animal Humane Society or something. And they actually answered, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, the soonest we could take the dog in was Monday, and it was Saturday. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do with them tonight and Sunday night? And she's like, oh, well, you could just, like, watch them. And I told her, I was like, no, like, I've got two dogs, that one that's, you know, injured, one that's really old, and I don't know anything about this dog. Like, yeah, she's friendly with humans, but I don't know if she's friendly with dogs. Like, you know, I'm not in an environment to test this out right now. (laughs) Like, yeah. You know, and she's like, then this fucking operator was literally like, well, if you can't find someone to, like, watch him, I guess you could just let him go again. And I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, you just want me to fucking release this dog back to the streets? Are you kidding me? And so I decided to come back into my neighborhood because it had been a few hours now that I had this dog. And I was like, well, maybe, you know, maybe the dog got out while they were somewhere and now they're home and... You know, maybe someone's out looking for this dog. So I went back to where I found the dog in my neighborhood, and I started, like, knocking on doors and stuff. And I knocked on this one door where it was the yard that I found the dog in. Mm -hmm. And they were, like – and once again, this dog was, like, so excited, like, got super happy. was, like, trying to go in the house. And I was, like, yes, I found the owners. And they answer the door, and they're, like, hi. And I'm, like, hey, is this your dog? Like, I found her in your yard a few hours ago. And I – when I did find her, I had knocked on that door, and they didn't answer. And – um. And they're like, oh, no, it's not our dog, but I think it's the neighbor's dog. Like, I've seen this dog before. And I was like, okay, I'll go try. Knock on the door, nothing. Knock on the door again, nothing. <laughs> Ring the doorbell a few times. Because, like, there's cars in the driveway, so I'm assuming someone's home. Yeah. And finally someone answers it, and they're like, what? And I'm like, is this your dog? And at this point, the dog was, like, kind of standing behind me, like, oh, completely baby. different demeanor from the two houses. And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess she got out again. And I was like... Yeah, well, I found her, like, two hours ago. Um, You might want to get her chipped. And they're like, okay. And they're, like, trying to, like, drag her into the home. You could tell she didn't want to go. And I was just standing there afterwards. And I was like, fuck, like, that's hard. And so, ideally, I would love to open up, like, an animal rescue where we take on all the dogs that, you know, are on the kill list, that just get found and essentially have it on, like, ideally it'd be great if we just had, like, a bajillion acres <laughs> so that they could run hard. freely because, like, I don't want a rescue where they're just kept in little cages and stuff yeah. like shelters are. Like, I want them to be able to, like, run around and stuff like that and have that as, like, a nonprofit organization and then I just do all the nutrition for the dog, like, make sure they're all healthy, go around teaching, like, other shelters and, like, people how to, like, feed their dogs healthy and hopefully in an affordable way um, and then, like, maybe have a few, like, human clients still um and then really just be like a speaker an educator um 
like I have quite a few plans to start doing like nutrition seminars through Zoom and stuff because mm-hmm. although I love all my clients and it's it's such a rewarding feeling when you see like that spark in them of like, oh my gosh, I really am capable of this. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this. Like my life, you know, that is such a rewarding feeling, but it's very mentally and emotionally draining working with people mm-hmm. and stuff and doing this and it's just like I where I am passionate about is when I teach these women about you know the education of nutrition and see them be like oh my gosh you know like that makes sense like no one's explained it that way or I never realized that and stuff and so like my passion is educating on what food does in the body and how the body responds to it and all this stuff and so I really want to essentially move away from client like one-on-one client-based training and all these things around just education of nutrition and then you know like make like Gabby said like ebooks and stuff and Mm -hmm. just put out just put out content that helps people learn more yeah that's that's where I would see myself in five years and traveling the world So I want to run a whole shelter with probably a thousand dogs. I want to also go out and educate. It wouldn't just be so dogs; much. it'd be other animals. We take in raccoons and cats. Well, I love raccoons. Goats. Oh my god, Me we have raccoons sister. in our backyard in our oh tree. God. Like every morning, Harley around like five a.m. hears them, and she like scratches on our door to let us out so she can go terrorize them and like bark at them. And so every now and then, if we're awake at that time, we'll be like, "All right, Harley, go have fun. Like, get your energy out, run around." And you know, we watch to make sure that she doesn't get like bit or mauled by yeah. a raccoon. Yeah, rabies, real quick. Yeah, we do have raccoons in one of our trees in our backyard. Oh, they're so cute. Me and my yeah. sister, we um, send each other reels of raccoons all day. Yeah, exactly. They're so cute, but they're they're mean. They can be. I see those videos of like people who domesticate them, and I'm just like, oh my god. It's like it's a dog. It, I feel like raccoons are advanced dogs because they have thumbs and they can grab things like they have the same like behavioral characteristics as dogs and they look so cute like dogs and as their their babies they're so you can feed them milk (laughs) um where do you see yourself in five years gabby (laughs) it's really hard because i have all these plans but none of them are like synonymous with each other because right now, word. yeah, um, I right now am finishing school and I finish in May, Ooh. but I have dreams of either starting some sort of like practice one day where it incorporates kind of a holistic approach and a whole body approach. So we'll have like mental health therapists there, um, nutritionists there, Natalie, Hello. <laughs> um, and physical therapy as well as like pre and post tab. That way people can con- continue and then also people that aren't injured can come in and prevent any type of injury. Um, but as far as the physical therapy world, there's so many different settings that I can go into and that's something that I love. But I'm also a person that loves everything in physical therapy. Like I love the neuro world. I love tra- treating different neurological conditions and it's just so rewarding because giving people function and giving people independence is something that's very small, but it means so much to the patient. And I love that feeling. Um, and I'm also going to do a pelvic health rotation. And I feel that I can make a really big difference in that world because it's something that can impact someone's life in such a huge way because 
incontinence and things like pain with sex and different conditions that have to do with a pelvic floor can be really debilitating to a person. So that's something that I'm excited to learn more about and we'll see if I end up in pelvic health, but maybe with my practice I can incorporate pelvic health. Um, but then there's also another dream that I have is doing travel PT. So again, I can incorporate my job with travel and me and Ryan have a goal of at least for some period of our life living out of a van and doing the travel travel life and experiencing but the logistical side of that is we have two crazy dogs and we want to have space with them so we don't really know um we follow people on youtube that do have big dogs and they travel full-time so i think it's just it comes down to actually trying it and seeing but then again with that how would we do the podcast? I always think about this. I'm like, I don't know. I guess you just have to take me with you. Yeah, I guess you just have to come with us and you guys have to get a van. <laughs> um, but I see I see a lot of different, different ways that I can take my career. But I feel like I have all these plans and then different opportunities open and it kind of creates the life. Mm-hmm. So like we were saying in Noah's podcast, like I would never guess that I would be where I am in this life right now and know the people that I know and having done and accomplished the things that I have right now. So I have these plans, but I'm just excited for the different opportunities that will open in the next five years because I feel like my life will actually start in the next seven months because I will have my actual career and I've been in school my entire life. So I'll be able to get a house. I'll be able to do all the things that me, yeah, be a sugar mama and do all the things that me and Ryan talk about. Cause we have so many plans and we talk every day about like our dreams and it's so frustrating cause we can't do it now yeah. and we want it right now. But I think that's important. What you just said, you know, is it's really good to have goals and expectations, but like to plan out your life, I feel like can be misleading and yes. disappointing too. If oh, it yeah, doesn't happen. Sure. So like, you know, obviously, you know, if the animal shelter rescue thing doesn't happen, like, that's okay. But really, I want to get more into animal nutrition and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's good to, like, you know, set kind of some goals, but be flexible about it. Yes. Because if you're so fixed on a certain outcome, it can be hard to realize other opportunities coming your way. So, mm-hmm. yeah, goals are good. But I feel like having your life completely planned out. Yeah. You know, because... And- I mean, same like what Gabby said. I didn't think I'd be here. Like, I, I got my degree for research, did be a clinical researcher, and, you know, I did that and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, I'd still be interested in it, but more definitely along the lines of, like, nutrition or exercise-based and yeah. no more pharmaceuticals. Yeah, for sure. So it's just interesting, you know, like, if I didn't keep my opportunities open, I wouldn't have, you know, gotten the job with a line and then somehow managed to own it so I'm (laughs) you know it's just crazy how life takes you when you have ambitions to meet but you're flexible with where life takes you you yeah and I think that's a beautiful thing and whenever you are naturally an ambitious person and you have this like radiating energy the more opportunities are going to present themselves because like with you, whenever you started working with Kelsey, like she saw that in you, you know, like she saw how much potential that you had as a person and as a human. And she like literally gave you her business, you know, like she was like, this is the person I know she was feeling unfulfilled and she was like, this is the person, you know? So the energy that you put out, the more good energy that it's going to come your way and people are going to see that. And 
it'll open more doors for you. So don't set too many expectations on yourself, but definitely have goals and have a blueprint of where you see your life. And then different opportunities will present themselves and just experience as much as you can. Don't take life so seriously. Yeah. It's really... Don't work your life away either. No. Experience and be intentional. That's something that we've kind of talked about is like I've been trying to be more intentional and that's why me and Ryan got our gratitude journal. It's like trying to focus on the things that matter and the things that are good in our life because it's so easy to focus on the negatives and let that get your mood down. You're in charge of your life so you can make it good, you can make it bad, you can wallow in your own self-pity or you can change your perspective and make it a better life for you. You know, like dream big because I feel like it's scarier to not see what you're made of and what you can do so you know and if people don't support your dreams cut them out just kidding maybe have a conversation with them first and then if it doesn't doesn't work out then send them a carrier pigeon with a little letter (laughs) wouldn't that be so cool to like live in the time of like mail delivery by pigeon by pigeon and owls and falcons and i don't think that's real no, it it probably definitely was real. Because, like, nowadays, if you give, like, I've seen those videos where I think it's ravens, because ravens are really smart. Yeah. Where if you give a raven, like, some food or something, they bring you something in return. I'm going to try that. But... Yeah, and it's, like, videos of, like, these ravens, like, finding money on the streets and bringing it to people. I'm like, um, why don't we also add bird raven trainer <laughs> to our goals so that they just bring me money? Put that on the... The dream list. Yeah, the dream list. In five years, I see myself controlling all ravens of the world. <laughs> and making world peace with ravens. And world domination. <laughs> that also leads to peace. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, so this was a good podcast. I feel like we, we had a lot of valuable conversation. And just know that you can't control everything. Just take life as it goes with you. And The only thing that you can always control is how you respond and react. Yes. So just keep that in mind. You know, you can't control what life throws at you or how people treat you, but you can control how you treat yourself. And you be nice to yourself. You know, I feel like world is the world is full of so many crappy things nowadays. So you can either add to that or you can change it. Yeah. Be the change you want to see, as they say. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for listening. We appreciate you guys and the questions and I always love the yeah. Q&A ones. Uh-huh. It's just kind of fun to... Just to talk and... Tit around. Have some open dialogue. Yeah. Tit around, tits and talks, bringing it back to the OG days. But if you guys enjoyed this, let us know. And we appreciate you guys. So thanks for listening. Toodles. Bye.